Coming up on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, Justin Rand from Rand Innovations, creators of the Jeeper app, joins us to talk about one of the coolest apps to hip the app market. This week in Jeep, we'll hear about a screaming deal that can get you into a new Jeep Gladiator for less than you think. And wait till you hear about this Jeep couple who survived a horrific rollover crash, 450 vertical feet, and they lived to tell the story. Wrangler Talk, Tammy goes over the details of the other Jeep joining her in her upcoming epic cross-country Jeep journey. Tony and I occasionally have differing opinions on some things. On this episode, we battle it out over wheeling alone. Nikki G joins us in, uh, well, in the rare form that only he can provide. And we've got a whole bunch more show coming up, so stick around. You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Today's Jeep Talk Show is brought to you by Extreme Terrain Off-Road Outfitter for all your Wrangler parts and accessories. Stay tuned for an announcement about their definitive guide for Jeep Wrangler wheels with extreme terrain tech guides. You know, it doesn't matter if you want a Jeep, have a Jeep, or never driven anything but Jeeps, this show is for you. Josh, Tammy, and myself are here to inform and entertain you while we talk about Hummers. H2s, no. Uh, H1s, no. H1s, H1s, H1s. No. Jeeps, of course. <laughs> hey, I'm, my name is Tony, and uh, I never go wheeling alone, well, at least as far as you know. Hey, I'm Josh, and for an added degree of difficulty on the trails, I like to occasionally hop over to the passenger seat and try to control the Jeep from there. That might explain why it's not all the same color anymore, too. Hmm. My name is Tammy, also known as Jeep Mama and Black Jeeps Rock. Oh, get something Uh, new, Tammy. Get something new. Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. And this week in Jeep is, of course, brought to you by Amazon.com. If you've got a couple little Jeepers in your family that are going to be needing some supplies pretty soon, uh, well, think about Amazon and the Jeep Talk Show before buying even one peachy folder. From bulletproof backpacks to that glue that tastes so good, Amazon has everything your little Jeeper needs to crawl back to school. Before filling those pencil boxes, though, you've got to go to the Jeep Talk Show website and click the Amazon button you see there first. That's the only way to make sure anything you buy on Amazon gives us a small kickback while costing you nothing more. Well, how about leasing a 2020 Jeep Gladiator for less than a Wrangler? Not too shabby, but hey, there's a catch. If you're lucky enough to be in the market for one of the new 2020 Jeep Gladiators, you may be able to scoop one up for less than you think. But there is a catch. Jeep's new return to the truck world has a base price that is just about $5,000 higher than the same trim of the Wrangler. However, if you are so inclined for a limited time, you can lease one for less than you could get a new Wrangler for. To get this amazing deal, though, you'll first have to find the right trim and prepare for some pretty heavy-handed restrictions. Cars Direct reported this week that the new Gladiator Sport can be had for as little as $363 per month. Effective cost, that price undercuts a new Wrangler Unlimited Sport by $28. Bucks. Okay, okay, so it's not a massive difference there, but $20 is $20 after all. A two-door Wrangler are uh, even more expensive, leading at an effective cost of $438 per month because of their lower residual value or how much it's worth at the end of the lease. There is, as they say, a catch. 
Leases almost always come with mileage limits, and the one applied to this low-cost Gladiator plan is brutal. 10,000 miles per year is all you're going to get. Anyone with even a mild commute will surpass that number with no problem. And forget about using your new Gladiator as the adventure vehicle it was intended to be. A road trip up to the mountain a few times a year and you're screwed. Customers will also likely find it hard to actually find a true base Gladiator since dealers are still focusing their efforts on selling the more expensive, higher trim levels. In other words, the inventory on this super restrictive lease is super low, so super good luck. Payment amounts are calculated based on the price of the vehicle and are at least partially based on how much depreciation is expected to eat away at its value over the term of the lease. So the Gladiator is about 5000 more than a Wrangler to start. But this is a good indicator that the Gladiator is expected to hold its value for a longer period of time. Of course, all this is a reversal from what some have come to known as the Gladiator tax, where dealers take the opportunity to prey on Jeep-crazed buyers that can't find one anywhere else. I might be sp speaking to you here. I think the feds have a term for that. It's called price gouging, and it's <laughs> illegal. But I digress. I know we're talking about leasing here instead of buying, but let me jog your memory a bit. Remember just a couple months ago when we were talking about dealer markups as high as $20,000 over MSRP for new gladiators? Yeah, that, that's still happening in some places. So if this new gladiator lease is uh, a deal, uh, new gladiator lease deal is um, from Jeep is having you heading towards the dealership, well, just be aware of what's going on and do some homework ahead of time. Otherwise, there's a good chance you still could get screwed. Well, I will say when I got to test drive that Gladiator mm -hmm. um, at the dealer, it was less than a JL Rubicon. Interesting. Now, what? Which do you remember which trim level it was? Was it a Rubicon or was it a base? Was it a Sport? Uh, you know, I know. That's um, the there's no topic. numbers. Those are actual names with letters, Tammy. You have no. No, ideas. actually, <laughs> I'm. Um, that was purple. It's all I know. <laughs> I know. And actually, you know what? I'm not even going to tell you what color it was because I'll oh, never. Oh, never the it end down. of yeah. it. Yes, we know. Ding, 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 <laughs> ding, ding. Um, you made my ding go off. Oh, what was I writing? <laughs> it doesn't. I didn't even put it in my blog post, but it was. Oh, the the trim level of the. Yeah, which uh, trim uh, level? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was just so like, Left oh my that God, much of an impression on I you, get huh? to drive a gladiator. <laughs> the whole red thing. She was just thinking of all the right. different, different things I was going to say. Couldn't enjoy it. So I even, Actually, you can even hear me complaining about that in the video. <laughs> oh, I'm never going to hear the end of it. I remember, uh, I remember you reading uh, something similar to this uh, a few months back, and we were all shocked that they were actually uh, making this plan to actually uh, come out with something, uh, making it much more easier to, to get the Jeep truck. But uh, yeah, ten thousand miles a year is uh, is kind of rough. But I, I think uh, well, what, did did you say what the lease uh, period is on this? Is it two years, four years? I the, the term I didn't see, and and as far as this program goes, I think that might sort of depend on your credit and that sort of stuff. Right. So uh, yeah, I, I don't know what the term is on this. I, I would imagine that it's also pretty restrictive. So I mean, but regardless, ten thousand a year, ah. Well, it's brutal. Well, what you do you is do it. you drive it for three years, and for the fourth year, you just park it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I'm only going to drive it on the weekend. <laughs> Grandma? <laughs> well, over the last couple of years, we've reported on what seems to be an increasing number of horrific rollover accidents involving Jeeps. Some have been mild, and others have been tragically fatal. Although it saddens me to report on these stories, I think hearing them is important for all of us. 
I think it helps instill in us a little more respect for the situations we put ourselves in when we take our Jeeps off-road. After all, anything can happen at any time. It's just like accidentally cutting yourself with a knife when you wash the dishes. The next time you wash that knife, you might go ahead and give that sharp little bugger a little more respect. You're going to pay attention a little bit more, maybe even handle it with a little more care, right? Well, the same applies here. Although most of these stories have been the result of tragic accidents, there have been those that could have been completely avoided altogether, as it was negligence or poor decisions that were to blame. Now, at the time we air this story, it is unknown the exact reason this particular Jeep left the trail. And although the occupants of this Jeep were critically injured in this accident, they are both thankfully alive. It was a nice Saturday afternoon in western Colorado. It was August 17th, and an elderly couple from Montrose were making their way up the mountain to Telluride when their Jeep went off the road and down a steep embankment of Off Tomboy, near, uh, off -tomboy Road near Royer Gulch. Now, Gulch, that, that name typically conjures images of steep canyon-like yes. terrain, and <laughs> that's just what this was. The couple who were both 72, are both 72 years old, by some miracle, managed to stay within the Jeep for the 450-foot tumbling fall down Imogene Pass. Both of them suffered multiple critical injuries. The pictures are, are just harrowing. We'll have a couple of them on the website, but I, I gotta warn you, one of them is a little graphic. The two-door JK that they were driving was utterly mangled. Airbags deployed. Doors all but ripped off. The windshield is gone. The hood looks like a wadded-up napkin, and there's blood everywhere. The rollover crash sparked a five-hour rescue effort after the wife was finally able to contact 911. Thank God they had cell service where they landed. Dozens of officers from the San Miguel Sheriff's Office search and rescue team responded immediately. However, it was evident the couple had suffered their injuries for quite some time before the call to 911 was even made. It took the agency personnel and literally dozens of bystanders to complete the rescue. Both the elderly Jeepers were transported to the Telluride Medical Center for immediate transport and then flown to St. Mary's Hospital for further care. An updated post from the Sheriff's Office today says that they're not sure why the driver went off the road, but said it's possible he was distracted at a narrowing curve on Tomboy Road. Now, rocks were placed after the accident as a visual reference for other drivers, but they're not going to keep your vehicle from going off the road, the Sheriff's Office said. Several hundred vehicles passed through the area on Saturday, and the Sheriff's Office said Imaging Pass is currently safe to travel. They also cautioned drivers, however, that about distracting scenery and urged them to keep their eyes on the road at all times. I gotta say, um, I'm really glad, especially in this day and age, that we are not at the point where uh, certain things are deemed too uh, unsafe for people to have the freedom to make the decision to, to drive places. Obviously, this is a very dangerous area. Imogene Pass, very scenic. Uh, you see uh, YouTube videos about it. Just absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I'd, really love, I'd love to go there myself. It is dangerous. Life is dangerous, and, and I'm, I'm really glad that there wasn't a call to, well, let's shut this thing down. This is horrible. Two 72-year-old people, they didn't have to go through this. Um, you know, there, there should be an age limit. You know, all these kind of restrictions that people put on this stuff because they don't want to hear bad news. And I, I, I'm glad we're not at that point. I'm glad that people still have the freedom to go and uh, do things that, yes, they're risky, but I think that it's worth the risk just having done it and being able to uh, experience it firsthand. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's part of the reason why we do what we do yes. with our vehicles is, is experiencing 
things that nobody else can or likely ever will experience or even see for that matter. I mean, getting getting our Jeeps up in, into areas where you can't get another vehicle and yeah. seeing the kind of things that you can't see anywhere else except for on a postcard or something like that. You know, yeah, I mean, that that's part of the reason. But yeah, we're putting ourselves in harm's way. Uh, so, you know, there's there's got to be a, a certain degree of paying attention and, and caution and everything else. And, and, and even with that, uh, you know, Mother Nature is going to have her right. way. So, um, and there was any number of things that could have gone wrong, uh, you know, at, at this exact moment where they, they lost traction or, or lost control or, or whatever happened. I've seen a couple pictures of the area where they left the roadway. And in that one particular area that they were mentioning where it was um, a, a curve that had narrowed a little bit, it looks like it was an area where there was a washout, where the trail kind of cuts into the mountain the mountainside a little bit, but that mountainside had came down at one point in time and washed oh, away part yeah. of that roadway. They rebuilt the roadway, but some of it still washed away or kind of slid down the mountainside. So what would have been a, you know, let's say almost two, two you know, Jeep-wide trail was now only about a Jeep-wide trail. And so if you were coming around that corner and more distracted with the scenery and paying attention to that beautiful vista than you were the roadway, suddenly that roadway wasn't there where it was supposed to be. And one corner of your Jeep is now dipping way down into a ravine that it shouldn't be, and now you've lost control, and 450 feet later, you're fighting for your life. Uh, and I'm so glad that they, they made it. Uh, but I can tell oh. you this, he ain't driving next time. She's going to be driving. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I don't know if either of them will ever be driving again. I mean, the looking at the wreck and, and seeing the amount of blood that was on in, in, in this accident, I'll be surprised if these people don't have life-changing injuries. Well, I hope not. Um, I hope this was a case. 450 feet. Out of all of the accidents and, and rollovers and, and, and even deaths that we've reported on in Jeep accidents over the years, I don't think any of them have been this long or this no, fall, this like, much of a vertical drop. Like a 200 feet, if I re yeah. remember correctly, when the grandpa uh, basically That's shielded right. his, his grandson, it wasn't this... It wasn't this deep, so yeah, it's it's wonderful to hear that they made it. But then again, they were in a jeep, so that gave them a better well, and better than that ever was the chance. other point. That was the other point I wanted to make. If they were in any other vehicle, I think this story would have had a different ending. But the fact that they were in a in a in a jeep, um, I think, is one of the main reasons. Well, that and they were seat belted in um, that they're still alive to this day. Well, if you have a news tip or response to any one of our stories, or you've got a story like that one, we definitely want to know. Be sure to let us know by phone or by email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out how to reach out. Coming up a little bit later in the show, we're going to have an interview with Justin Rand from Rand Innovations, creators of the Jeeper app. Hey, and uh, coming up in Tech Talk, after last week, we're putting on the brakes, uh, going a little deeper into what makes brakes go bad. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Hey guys, this is John. Uh, I'm a new Jeeper down here in Central Texas. I have started listening to the podcast and I have followed you on social media. I gotta say, it's, it's a very entertaining show and I'm kind of excited to see what Jeep Mama comes back with on her epic trip. Uh, keep up the good work and, you know, Always ready to go out to Hidden Falls and do some wheeling whenever you want. Um, I am the John Lee Rhino Rubicon on Instagram that's following you. Anyway, great work, guys. Thanks. That's great. And uh, fellow Texan there, uh, I don't know if he if he's actually a, a native Texan or just got here as quickly as he could. But 
<laughs> I don't know. He he doesn't have a uh, as much of a Texan drawl as I thought. Uh, you know, when I, when you and I first started talking and stuff, I thought there's no way you're from Texas. You're not a Texas native. You don't have that Texas drawl. And and it's that that southern you know accent that I think everybody has. Obviously, I'm ignorant uh, because here's another Texan who has absolutely no accent whatsoever. So thank you, Johnny Lee, for for calling in, and hopefully uh, we can talk Tony into going out and wheeling with you one of these days. Absolutely. And and Tammy, uh, I don't know if her trip is actually going to take place if she keeps getting speeding tickets. Uh, she won't have her driver's <laughs> license. <laughs> I've only gotten right? two. Only. And in, in how long a time? Uh, two weeks. Yeah, but no. it's been like 30 years <laughs> since I've been pulled over. You're get, keeping track, though. You're getting too confident, lady. You go, oh, those, I'm those, using cruise control now. Those, even, those cops even can, go, the, can bite it. I go the speed Jeep Mama speed, not your speed. <laughs> even in the neighborhood, I'm using cruise control at 20 miles per hour. Uh, that's not a bad idea. You need to get you a dash cam with GPS so that uh, when you go to court, you can uh, show them this is how fast I was going through that school zone, uh, Judge. Shut up and listen. Shut up. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut Man, up. Shut up, Shane. Hey. Shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler talk. It's time for G-Mama. Like Johnny Lee said, I'm going to be heading out on my next big adventure. Um, actually, I have three adventures coming up. I'm going to be wheeling at AOAA in September, Women's Wheeling Day in September. Then I'm heading out across the country on my Adam's Extreme off-road adventure and i'm going to be wheeling with neil and maggie may um and before and during this adventure i'm so excited because i'm going to be able to get to step up my tech game which um is like the next step in this progression of my journey it i feel like you know you reach a certain point and then you just like move up another level and what I'm excited is my willing partner, Neil, he has 30 plus years experience as an auto mechanic, fabricator, and off-roader. He is an ASE certified master technician, as well as an AMSE certified welder. And Neil and I will be meeting for the first time on this adventure when we meet in Virginia. And we're going to be spending 24 hours a day traveling together. Uh, poor him. Um and he's so full of knowledge, and I just can't wait to soak it all in. We pretty much talk on the phone every day, and we, sh- you know, he's sharing all this stuff he's doing with his Jeep, which is affectionately called. Um, we've named or he's named her Maggie May, and Maggie May is a 1980 Wagoneer that was left to live out eternity in a junkyard until Neil came across her, and now it's in the process of being restored for this epic adventure across America. Now, Neil found this dilapidated hunk of metal and knew he found a gem. So for the past month, he's been searching for old and new parts to bring Maggie Mae to life. He has been working tirelessly for hours on end and working full time. He's a Jeep nomad. He, about a year ago, he left um, his in-the-box life bought a $700 white XJ. He's XJ undercover on um, Instagram, and he's been living in his Jeep. And he is going to be giving his XJ to his daughter, and now he's going to be wheeling in his Wagoneer. Um, But anyway, 
So we're going to be taking the Trans-American Trail across America, hopefully stopping. If you are anywhere, probably in the southern half of the United States, we're actually going to go up through Colorado and Moab, and then we're still kind of debating where, you know, Nevada, California, Arizona. Give me a shout out um, on my email address or contact me through the Jeep Talk Show slash contact page. And we would love to meet up with you. Say hi. So far, two folks have reached out. A Jeep Talk Show um, listener has reached out. Um, we're going to try to cross, cross paths with them. One of them owns a restaurant and offered us a free meal um, to come visit him, a Jeep Talk Show listener. Um, so I'm kind of excited about meeting you. Um, if that's all possible. But I wanted to share with you about Maggie May. She is a, in her build, um, and this one has a lot of numbers in it, and I'm getting to know what these numbers mean. Tony and Josh, I'm going to come back, and I'm probably going to know more than you guys put together because I'm going to know what all these numbers mean. Um, a 1980 Grand Wagoneer. The motor is an AMC 360, um, Trans Torque Flight 727, and the Tim's transmiss transmission in Alamosa, Colorado. They're going to tune and um, and do a shift kit on yeah, the transmission. Yeah, install a shift kit. Yeah. Yes, it's um, it was um, what do you call it? There was like a a stop start in it. Nick or Neil had a name for it. I can't remember now. Um, a trans the transfer case is an MP two hundred nine. He has 410 actual axle ratio. The front um, is a Dana 60 from a Ford F350, and the rear is a Norton 10.25 LSD. He's got four-wheel disc brakes. Suspension is a custom six-inch lift. Um, airbag assist rear. Thank you to Sean Woods from Tom Woods Drive Shafts. They're a sponsor of ours. He's going to be running the front and the rear drive shaft. And Sean is such an awesome guy. He knows I'm running his front drive shaft, and he offered for me to ship it to him, for him to check it out, and to ship it back to me just to make sure everything's running right because not everybody greases their drive shafts, the Tom Woods drive shafts. They forget. Um, I've been religious about it because I've heard so many stories. We're actually going to have Jeff from Adrenaline Off-Road because um, Sean trusts him to look at it to make sure everything's running right. And if Jeff feels like my drive shaft is not up to par we're, because of, you know, lack of, of um, maintenance. Maintenance. Thank you, Tony. Um, Tony and I have known each other way too long. He's finishing <laughs> my sentences now. Um that he'll fix it. I mean, they just got great customer service at Tom Woods. Um, Dirk Logic shocks, 9.75 stroke and a 2.50 piston custom valve. And I saw a, a picture of these, and these are some badass shocks. Um, the wheels right now are the Ford um, OEs. And the upgrades he has, and this is all for living purposes in your Jeep, um, the onboard air, it's circa 1980 Monroe Max Air, um, the 300 watt solar panels with, um, controllers, specialty concepts, Mark 20. And last night we spent an hour on the phone 
and he was explaining to me about watts and the solar panel and changing, you know, what the controller does and his deep cell battery and what that's going to power up. Um, so it was really cool learning about electricity. Um, he has a 1000 watt inverter, um, a guest, a 30 amp, three bank onboard charger, battery management, Xantrax Link 20, um, Shoreline dual bank charging relay fuse kit and 120 breaker panel. And he's explained all this and I really can't wait to see it. So I kind of, cause I'm a visual learner. Um, and the Kuzumal Auto Eject, uh, master manufacturing 15-gallon water tank pump, which is also going to be a, show a shower, um, but I'm only allowed two gallons of water if I need to take a shower out wherever. 40-color RGB LED lights. And the reason for this is he found during his travels that mosquitoes are attracted to certain lights and not other color lights. So, you know, he can use certain lights for different things that he needs. Um, and then Quadratech, thank you very much, Quadratech. Um, heated LED headlights, and I have the matching pair for the Wranglers. And hopefully my headlight issue has been solved. And I actually gave away my Oxbeam headlights and the person who got them installed them, and we're going to be seeing if they work. He actually installed them in a TJ, um, but I, I don't. I think he hardwired them, which they should work better that way. Yeah, I think it was this connector issue. Yep, I agree. A navigation system, auto car, um, seven inch, the Unit in Pro five twenty CB, and a TV with a Pac Man. Um, old 80s game controller and I'm like what well, you, you gotta have that for a 1980 uh, uh, Grand Wagoneer yeah it, well and that's exactly what he said but I'm like I am so not playing video games I'm gonna be out exploring yeah so, we'll see yeah um, I'm the Pac-Man champion so I think I you just answered the question I was gonna ask how you guys were gonna stay in communication because you're gonna be in two different vehicles right and you're gonna to want to be communicating back and forth I, I would assume you're gonna be on the the CB have you guys picked a channel that, that maybe people can listen in on oh you Ooh. know I haven't even thought of that um, that's a really good idea I will have to find out what I mean, channel I mean I, I know with your your speeding issues you may want to listen <laughs> to the channel where the smoky reports are but right, exactly uh, uh, but uh, it also might be interesting just to uh, cool your jets a bit because there's there's no rush lady uh, no. to get to cross country so you could uh, maybe uh, come up with a CB channel that people could listen for you and channel uh, maybe 20. Maybe, right in the middle. Maybe, yeah, okay. maybe, maybe listen in go. to the the conversation between you guys and uh, jump in and and meet you right. guys places. Um, I've actually heard that uh, um, for stuff like this, Channel Twenty is a good selection just for um, SWR sake, uh, because uh, if people's t antennas are not tuned properly, uh, if you're on the low end or the high end, they may not be able to either hear oh, you or talk back to you. So. Uh, putting your your contact, uh, your putting your your communications right in the middle of the band, uh, kind of helps alleviate some of that to a certain degree. And Tammy, you were talking about getting things checked out. Uh, communications will be a very uh, a, a, a big hassle if you have any issues with that. So don't forget to uh, have your uh, to check your SWR setting on your antenna uh, before you go, and uh, so that way you're less likely to have uh, communication issues. Right. 
And um, I mentioned that to Neil because, Tony, I know you're going to yell at me. Um, so just leave that for after the show. <laughs> um, <but laughs> I haven't done that yet. Well, that's fine. Um, well, you got but, time. You yeah. got time. Yeah. And, yeah. and actually, Neil has whatever you need to do it. So um, I think that would make for a great video, too. Sure. Absolutely. Because everybody, everybody wants to know about right. you know, getting, getting a proper communication right. set up. I will recommend uh, a couple of uh, uh, inexpensive family service radios as backups. Uh, that you could get on, and like just uh, going to Walmart and picking up those. Yeah, little for next campers. to nothing. Yeah, yep. next to nothing. You guys are gonna be so close, and right. uh, and, and and you know, it really won't matter what channel you're on because you guys are gonna be so close that even if you get on a, a noisy channel, uh, you'll uh, be able to hear each other very very easily. Right, right. Um, so and we're still trying to work out the route. I contacted um, Sam with the Trans American Trail. Very interesting story back in the late 70s and 80s. This motorcycle guy spent years and years tracking across America looking for old farm roads, dirt roads, um, and he created this Trans American Trail. And it's been, um, people have like expanded it in their own way and created their own maps. They're online. It's, unless you buy them from Sam, it's not like the true Trans American Trail. And some of these trails go on people's private property, um, the national forest lands where you're not supposed to be. So you have to be very careful. So I'm in contact with him, and we're trying to work out um, the best route for us because his trail goes up through Idaho and Wyoming, and the weather's not going to be too good up there. So we're going to do part of his trail, and then once we hit Moab, I think... Um, we'll like venture off from there. So if you, of, if you do go to Idaho, get me a potato. Okay, I will do that, Tony. <laughs> Comes bags shriveled. I know. <laughs> so Tammy, I don't want things grown out of it. I don't want to talk out of turn here because that's unusual no, for me. Uh, but I would assume. <laughs> <laughs> but I would assume that you guys are, are are accepting sponsors. So if there's people that would like businesses. Yes. Uh, small businesses, large businesses, maybe uh, put a sticker on uh, on one or both Jeeps uh, for because you know it ain't free to drive across the the country, folks. No. So any little bit uh, helps. And uh, uh, again, uh, don't let me talk for you here, but I thought no, I would jump exactly. in there uh, that you're open to, to to doing pretty much any kind of sponsorship ship as long as it's uh, uh, legit and legal. <laughs> right, and um, you know. Part of this trip is to show you, everyone out there, that anybody can do this. And you don't need to have all this fancy stuff. And, you know, even um, if you have a product that you want us to, because I'm going to be doing YouTube lives. I'm going to be sharing, calling into Tony and Josh, sharing what's happening um, and talking about our experience. And if there's a product you have that would help. Like today, I went to this mattress store because I saw this mattress that would fit in the waggy, and it was on sale, and the guy got so excited, I told him what he was doing, you know, he gave me, you know, they're one of our sponsors now, Mattress Firm, you know, mattresses, 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 um, but it just, you know, and you could use these mattresses when you go camping or if you have an overland vehicle, and just, you know, it's just really interesting all the stuff that you need 
that you don't really think of. Um, so if you have a product or I have a GoFundMe page, if you're just a, you know, a regular listener and you just want to con- contribute, I would appreciate it. And, uh, and, and I'll, I'll mention, give you a shout out. And I mentioned too, Tammy has a blog, so she knows how to put you know letters together to make to form words. So right. uh, if if you <laughs> if if you guys would like to, maybe there's some magazines out there that would like to cover this. Uh, you're not going around Africa, but that was something Dan Greck was doing. Right. He was writing for uh, a couple of different magazines, uh, turning in stories. So now's the time to contact Tammy about this stuff because uh, it's mid-October, right? Whenever uh, when you're going on yeah, this, yeah. And so if yes. you, if you're gonna reach out to her, you need to do so uh, very quickly. Now is the time. Yes, very quickly. And of course, well, you can contact her through uh, jeeptalkshow.com/slash/contacts. That way, we can all keep up with uh, how good she's doing and who all's contacting her. <laughs> the, the sad thing is, unfortunately, I won't be any. I'll be close closer to Tony and Josh than I've ever been, but you know, close not close enough. Counts. Well, right, close you know, if you hadn't right? taken out those restraining orders, it wouldn't have been a problem. <laughs> <laughs> but what one day we will meet but who knows maybe something will happen and we head out yeah. down to houston so or head to head to the northeast so we'll see it's all still kind of in the process and guess what folks nikki g's coming up in just a little bit oh that's Ooh, unusual can't wait yeah <laughs> i know <laughs> Love hey, you guys nikki were talking g. you guys were talking about communication and, and tony you're always pressing about how important communication is off-road. Um, I thought I'd really quick uh, plug something that a, a former guest that was on the show here not that long ago um, is doing currently to kind of help Jeepers out and get them communicating with other Jeepers out on the trail. CB World, um, who is uh, basically the communication experts here, they're, they're anything CB related, they really know their stuff and they have probably one of the largest selections in the world when it comes to CB gear that you can buy online. They're running a special right now and if you use the code JeepJam, um, on their website when you're ordering online, um, you can get two, uh, one of two amazing packages. You can probably get both for that matter. Uh, one's 100 bucks, one's 150 bucks. They're both discounted deeply. Uh, and this is a CB radio microphone package with antenna mount, uh, top of the line cable, and a fire stick antenna. Um, the $150 package gets you a few more options. The $100 package is an amazing Uniden radio, uh, very, very well recognized and trusted radio on the market. So if you are in the mood, in the mood, in the market for <laughs> upgrading your communications, or maybe you just got a Jeep and you need to get some communications gear into it, this is the way to do it. And this is the way to save the most money other than, you know, buying some gear online that you can't trust used and secondhand. And who knows if it's even going to work. CBWorld.com, enter the code JeepJam, and you can get yourself some amazing gear for very cheap. You know, uh, Uniden uh, purchased Cobra. Cobra was a very uh, big brand oh, yeah. back in the 70s and 80s, and uh, Uniden purchased them. So, And uh, I, I think that some of the old Cobra styles are still available uh, through Uniden. So uh, if you're an old CB or you'll uh, recognize, I think it was the uh, Cobra... 148 GTL that was very popular. Look at you remembering the model numbers and everything. Wow. Yeah. Yep. When Tammy comes back, she'll be doing the same thing. Uh, yeah. Gonna be jealous. <laughs> hey guys, this is Rodney with Jeepers Outpost. Just uh, want to let you know this weekend is the Great Smoky Mountain Jeep Invasion, the 23rd and 24th. And fortunately, I'm lucky enough to be able to go this year. Uh, Tony, if you want some uh, souvenir, hit me up. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. 
So they don't have potatoes in the Great Smoky Mountain area, do they? I mean, they're not known for it. I'm sure they've got potatoes. Smoky Mountain oysters. They're kind of like Rocky Mountain oysters, but completely different. (laughs) This this rubbed the throat as they're going down. Oh, God. Well, we get some reviews every so often from you listeners out there, and we got one uh, through email here recently. And, of course, if you'd like to reach out to the show and give us a pat on the back, take us to task on something, or let us know uh, what's going on in your own Jeep world, you can do that by reaching out to us. Uh, find all the ways you can do that at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Uh, this person wrote in and said, just wanted to show you guys some love. Got my first Jeep Wrangler JK and just started listening to you guys, and you are awesome. Very informative and very funny. I work overnight and get to listen to you guys all the time. Thank you for this awesome podcast to keep me up and awake all night long. Keep up the great work. Now, this uh, was all from um, a listener uh, by the name of Jake C., who lives out in La Habra, California. Now, Jake also had a question for the show. He says, I have one question. I have a two-door JK, and I bought it with 33-inch tires and a leveling kit already installed. Everything else, bone stock. Do you guys know of any beginner trails located in the Southern California area for me to get my tires worn in? I know you guys aren't located on this coast. Just been trying to ask around when I can. Signed, Jake C., La Habra, California. Jake, actually, I am on the West Coast. I'm just a little further up on the coastline than you are. But nonetheless, I wanted to go ahead and uh, and reach out and, and let you know that you've got some sources of information that you can go ahead and, and hook up with other people or find the information you need. Rock Tech Automotive is a place that you want to reach out to. They're in the La Habra area. They're an off-road shop, been around for over 15 years, and they should be able to point you in the right direction of some stuff locally or at least get you hooked up with other people locally that knows what, you know, where the stuff's at that you want to you want to hit. Now, Chris, the owner, has been building rigs um, for King of the Hammers. Um, he's got 20 years of off-road knowledge. Really, this is the guy you want to talk to and uh, and get hooked up with Rock Tech Automotive. They should be able to get you pointed in the right direction. Another um, source is going to be the National Listing of Off-Road Parks and Trails, and this is at wheretowheel.com. Now, they do want you to set up a, an account and register and all that because uh, there is a ton of information on there, and, uh, and it, of course, it's very easily accessible, but you got to sign in and all that sort of stuff. Very easy. It's all free. Uh, of course, you also have the California 4x4 Off-Road Clubs directory at offroaders.com, and that's going to have a list of all bunch of clubs and, and other stuff that's in your area where you can hook up with other wheelers um, that are local to you who might be able to help you out and take you out on some other trail runs and stuff like that. So uh, we will have the links uh, that I mentioned uh, right there in the show notes uh, for this episode at jeeptalkshow.com. So, uh, Jake, uh, if you didn't have a pen and paper handy, don't worry. I uh, just go check out uh, check it out the show notes for this episode, and you can get the information there. So, as you guys know, we have uh, uh, some uh, new Jeep Talk Show stickers. Oh, and I forgot to mention, Tammy, on your little uh, your little uh, excursion across America, you you've got some uh, the new Jeep Talk Show stickers the with uh, with you as long as you're not you know I don't selling them or something uh, on the yeah. trail. Where you get oh, that. I was going to sell them for a hundred dollars a piece. I thought that's <laughs> <laughs> now I will be giving them away, of course. So these are the the three by three uh, inch stickers. Uh, great for putting on uh, your uh, Wrangler Fender as uh, as you mm-hmm. guys like to do. It, it leaves room for uh, 
uh, other, uh, I don't know. What high do you lift, mean, you uh, people? <laughs> yeah, you people that have Wranglers. <laughs> and uh, so uh, we, uh, they're a great little size, uh, perfect for uh, putting on the fenders. Or you put them any place you want, frankly. Uh, we've got them. If you want them, all you need to do is send us a self-addressed stamped envelope or, or uh, follow uh, Jeep Mom out there on the trail and uh, beg her for stickers. Uh, she, she won't have a lot of them, but 50, they ought to get you at least out of the state. Uh, Tammy. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. So, so just go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, and uh, you'll see all the different ways that you can find to reach out and get the address where you send your self-addressed stamped envelope. Now, Tony, uh, now, look, I just can't get this out of my head. Why would anybody go wheeling alone? It's just a bad idea. I, I can't get this out of my head. I got to vent a little bit. Uh, you know, Josh, I've been wheeling by myself many times. I, I really don't see what the big deal is. Say it isn't so. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, that's like one of the dumbest things I have ever heard you say. That's retarded. I can't believe that. Well, all right, then. Well, let's get into it. All right. Gloves are coming off. Look, uh, we've clearly had um, I mean, even a guest on the show who is a, a shining example of what happens uh, when you wheel alone. Uh, it, like I've I've said, I can't say it enough. It's just a bad idea. Can you do it? Sure. Still a bad idea. Well, but the problem is, is that uh, in her in her case, she didn't she wasn't prepared. I mean, if you prepare properly, then you can go out wheeling by yourself. And preparing properly means making sure that you understand you may get stuck and having things to get you unstuck. And if you can't get unstuck, stuff to keep you alive until you can get unstuck or help arrives. Oh, and that's just it. Is is You're now putting yourself in a position to where you're going to be relying on other people to save your ass. And I don't think that that is a good idea. Well, it's just, I mean, are you going to wait around for somebody to come go off-road with you, or are you going to go off and exploring? I mean, this country was founded on explorers. You, if, if they waited for somebody to, to go off in the backwoods to see what was going on, uh, they wouldn't have been scalped by those Indians, would they? Well, look, I mean, there's a big difference between, <laughs> you know, driving down Route 66 to go see the, see the sites or, you know, heading up into the mountains um, or, or down into, into the ravine where, you know, there's serious terrain that you're going to have to navigate and, and where things get technical. This is not a place where you go alone well, unprepared. I don't, really, whether you're prepared or not. I it mean, really all goes back to experience, doesn't it? I mean, if, you, if you're not experienced and you're not set up properly, with, uh, I mean, you you could take a stock a stock vehicle and go exploring as long as you have all the proper things with you. You're going to survive through it, and frankly, you're probably going to survive anyway. You probably won't have any problems. We're talking about worst case scenarios. Well, we're talking about scenarios that you you can't plan for, that you can't prepare for, you can't you know have experience enough to uh, wheel your way out of a landslide you know i mean there's just certain things that that pop up or that could happen that i mean critical Josh, engine failure what are you going to do meteor. out on the trail you have no cell service you and you have critical engine failure the right only now. person for 200 and miles and if you got hit by a meteor you'd say well i didn't see that coming i mean <laughs> you can't just you can't not do things simply because uh you're it's it's a bad idea i mean <laughs> Where, yeah. where, where, would, where would YouTube be if people weren't doing things that was a bad idea? Okay. So, but, I mean, it's personal responsibility is, is, is really what it's about. I mean, you, you can't regulate, you can't uh, teach, you can't uh, uh, remove somebody's freedom and to go and do something just because stupid. it's a better idea. No, that, that's absolutely true. 
But well, let, me give, let me give you an example. Uh, I don't know that it floods in your area, but they they are always talking about here. If you if you can't see the 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 road surface, turn around. It may be four inches of water, and you can see everything else around it that's above water, and you know it's four inches of water, and you're supposed to turn around and your lifted vehicle with two feet of clearance. I don't I don't, I don't call crossing the intersection full of four inches of water wheeling alone here. Okay, I mean, that's, but, but I mean, it's 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 indicative of this. Uh, this nanny state you got to be taken care of you can't think for yourself and you can't wheel alone attitude i didn't say can't it's just a stupid idea too you're 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 just you're there's so many different things that can go wrong and you're just putting yourself in harm's way look i'm not saying don't wheel i'm not saying don't go out and explore i'm saying that you always should have the buddy system because that's the best way to do it not only are you sharing the experience you other people get to come along you got stories to share and tell and all that stuff but if the worst were to happen if there's something were to happen that you didn't prepare for guess what you've got another vehicle you've got some support there and if you didn't have that you are plain and simply screwed so, but we, never wheel alone is simply the disclaimer for that people say for the, the, the best way of you being safe, that you have to live your life with adventure. I mean, you don't have to wheel alone, but you, I'm saying you can and you will survive. There's, there's all kinds of things that can happen to you in life that you're not going to survive. Uh, but, but has it happened? It's you know, like that, like the thing says, but did you die? So I'm saying that yes, it's a good idea to not wheel alone, but uh-huh. don't don't sit at home and wait for a buddy to go wheeling with you or somebody that has a capable rig to go wheeling with you. Uh, but have some adventure. Yeah. Okay. Fine. But we'll we'll just agree to disagree a little bit here. You got tech questions? Ah, oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I just, I, it's tech talk with Jeep Talk. Well, one thing I think we can all agree on is that stopping is important. (laughs) Nobody wants to run into the vehicle in front of them. And how are you going to pick up that Happy Meal in the drive-thru if you can't stop? Servicing the brakes on your Jeep and on our Jeeps is one of the most routine maintenance chores that you just can't ignore. Most brake parts have a lifespan and, and they do need to be regularly serviced and even sometimes replaced to keep working properly. Now, fortunately for us, our Jeeps usually give us some clear signals that the brakes are due for a little bit of love. Sometimes they're harmless little noises that you don't really require repairs and may even have simple fixes. Other times, eh, not so much. Your brakes are one of the most important safety components on your Jeep. And after last week talking about glazed brake pads, it got me thinking of all the other things that can go wrong with the brakes in your Jeep. Yes, your Jeep. I was up all night thinking about that damn thing. Are you happy now? In all seriousness, I'm going to spend the next couple of episodes focusing on brakes. We're going to cover the the top most common warning signs that you have a brake problem or one that's developing. We're going to go over some of the more common ways to troubleshoot issues, and we'll even cover repairs and some options for upgrades, you know, while you're in there. (laughs) I'm still in the midst of putting all this together, so you're going to have to wait till next week before we stop and talk about stopping. I see what you did there. That was clever. (laughs) (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, um, so uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm gonna have to replace mine. Mine are squealing and Uh-oh. rattling. You know that rattling Ooh, noise? It's brakes. That's yeah, that's bad. Yeah, apparently there's there's something that you can put on there uh, that I I've done, I haven't been putting on that leads to Duct the rattling. 
Yes. I was thinking epoxy, but, uh, you know, and then when they were started squealing like that, I was thinking uh, they need to be oiled or maybe some thick uh, axle grease needs to be put on there. Jeez. <laughs> the Jeep Talk Show. It's not about us. It's about you, the listeners. It's Tim from Torrance. Hey, Jeepers. This is uh, Rob. Hey, guys. It's Cody with TrailChasers.net with another grand adventure. Hey, guys. This is Cody from Indiana. Yoo-hoo. Hello, Jeep Talk Show crew. This is FJ Rick. Hi, guys. This is Joe. If a turtle doesn't have a shell, is he naked or homeless? Hey, guys. This is Ron out in Arizona. Hey, what's up? Jeep Talk Show. This is Jason, Oregon Trail Off-Road. Hi. This is Jake from California, and I'm sitting here eating pork rinds for breakfast. Hey, this is uh, PAG Free. Hey, Tony, Josh, Danny, Secretary Jake Collin. This is General and Free Runner in 1982, and on today's Radio Context segment, I'm going to talk about APRS, an anal probe restraint system. No! No, no, that's not right. We love our listeners. Hey, guys. Congratulations on the show again. You guys are always doing a great job. It's uh, Rick Hunter from Vancouver, British Columbia, up in Canada. And uh, I just listened to uh, Tony's reaction, which is about the same reaction I have, to all the laws of off-road vehicles. And you guys think you have it bad? Don't come wheeling. We've got great wheeling in, in British Columbia. It's awesome. But let me tell you the laws that we have right now. I know we are not allowed to have... No doors on your Jeep. Uh, and not only that, I have tube doors, Smittyville ones, and they're illegal too. So pretty much no matter what you do, you can't take your doors off. We have the tire poke law, so you uh, you can't have over 50% over your tire poke. They get you on that one. We're actually a new law. You're not allowed to have stubby bumpers up in Canada, B.C. It has to be a full-size bumper, so it's a stubby. You get a ticket for that. Uh, any lift over four inches, uh, you need to get it legally inspected. Uh, other than that, it's a ticket. All your D-rings on your Jeep must be zap-strapped. That's okay. I can understand that one because I've had them fall off. So, you know, I mean, Tony, you've had yours go missing too, so I can, I know you can appreciate that. But as far as safety goes, I don't mind that law. And we also all have to have mud flaps on our Jeeps. So any one of these things, when we go wheeling, it's a vehicle inspection report. You go to certain areas. You just walk away with $3,000 worth of fines if you get that right police officer that doesn't like you. I myself have been lucky. I don't have any of that stuff except the D-rings. Uh, so I'm okay, and I've never been bothered. But, uh, yeah, they're just some of the laws in British Columbia here that we have to abide by. They're absolutely ridiculous. You know, you, you have your Jeep. You want to go have some fun. And they got nothing better to do with their time than to uh, give tickets out to, to good people that spend their time, like we raise money for cancer and toy foundation and so many events around the world that Jeepers do, and yet they target us for stupid laws like that and just doing a cash grab. Anyway, that's my rant. Just chime in. I'll let you guys know what we have to deal with up here. And, uh, yeah, you guys, take it easy. Great show as always. And uh, I'll see you all later. So, Rick, you didn't mention it, uh, but is it against the law to wheel alone up in Canada? Because it kind of sounds like that probably would be <laughs> be a thing up there in Canada. Boy, I thought Oregon and Washington uh, have it pretty restrictive, um, uh, you know, with the fender flares and mud flap laws and, you know, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> you got to safety wire your, your, your D-rings. 
Uh, you know, can't can't have stubby bumpers. No door. You can't have no doors. That is killing me. I, I that I man, I would move. I don't know. Rick, it's still not as bad as Australia though. At least you can still have thirty three inch tall tires in Australia. You're limited to thirty ones. Just can't believe it. Australia is like a rugged uh, a place with rugged individuals, and then they have yeah. those kind of laws. Just that just amazes me. Well, man created the wheel thousands of years ago, as some of us may know. Hey, hey Tony, you were around back then to see that, right? It was actually a woman that uh, created the wheel. (laughs) Anywho, the dawn of the wheel spawned everything from pottery to chariots and, yes, even the Jeep Wrangler. As our show sponsor of the month of August, Extreme Terrain is proud to share their definitive guide to Jeep wheels with the audience here on the Jeep Talk Show. They cover everything from the materials to offset, show you spec tables and easy-to-follow infographics. The team at Extreme Terrain has really gone above and beyond to provide all the information you need before you decide to pull the trigger on that new set of rims. I must say, it's good. It's wheelie, wheelie good. (laughs) Anyway, check out the link in today's show notes for episode 399 or find it on Google by searching Jeep Wheels Explained. Somebody's listening to the Nikki G portion on the show a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> From around the world. Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Well, good evening, Jeepers, and uh, tonight we are going to have Justin, who is a lifelong Jeeper, currently owning a 97 TJ, God bless you, and a 2018 JLU Rubicon. In 2017, Justin looked to simplify the used Jeep and Jeep parts market by creating a Craigslist for Jeeps. The Jeeper app, uh, that's spelled J-E-P-R, launched in 2018 and has currently amassed over 10,000 users and had several thousand products brought, bought and sold through the app. And uh, uh, I guess you could find that either on uh, iOS or, or Android, certainly, and you just do a search for JEPR, or is there a better way to uh, search that? Or is there even a website, uh, Justin? Uh, JEPR or JEPRAPP is the uh, easiest way to search for it on either of those two uh, app stores. Excellent. So uh, uh, if, uh, if you have a uh, podcast player on your uh, smartphone, you can l- listen and go over there and check out the app while we're uh, doing this interview. Justin, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate being on. All right. So, uh, well, actually, I was going to ask you about the name, but we're gonna, I'm going to uh, shelve that for a second and uh, find out some more about you like we like to do. So you're actually a fellow Texan. Were you, were you born here or did you move here? Uh, moved here when I was two, born in Georgia, uh, but lifelong Texan and consider myself a Texan. Oh yeah. If you're here from when you're two, that's, uh, that's good enough. Uh, I think that the, the law that we have here is if you're in, uh, in Texas 20 years, you're considered to considered to be a Texan unless you live in, live in Dallas and then that doesn't count. So you're kind of in the suburbs of Dallas, aren't you? I am up in uh, Frisco. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I thought Frisco was down here uh, in the the, the southeast uh, part of Texas, and I looked it up before the uh, before the uh, the interview. And uh, no, it's up there in Dallas, as as most things seem to be. It's either Dallas or Houston. Now, then um, this is this is way off topic. Tammy, you'll appreciate this. Um, you're kind of close to East Texas. And I've been told a number of times over the years, my last name is Mulcaroy, and I've been told a number of times, they'll say, 
oh, uh, do you have do you have any family in East Texas? And I'll say, no, I, I, not that I'm aware of. And they'll say, well, you can't shake a bush in uh, East Texas and not have a McElroy fell out of it. Now, I never have. And this is more than once I've heard this from a different person. And I'm, I've always tried to figure out, maybe I need to go to East Texas and do some research, but I don't know why McElroys are in the bushes. That's that's the thing. Maybe they're bushwhackers. Uh, it might be. There's a lot of hunting hides in the bush. <laughs> a lot of hunters hiding in the bush. So, being close to East Texas, have you run across a McElroy before? I have not, but my wife's from East Texas. Isn't, isn't that strange, though? I mean, it's an unusual name, I've always felt. I uh, had it all my life, of course, but... Uh, uh, it's just supposed to be an East Texas thing. Anyway, back to the show proper. Uh, so I love this, that you got a 97 TJ. When did you get this? Uh, so my TJ was back in 2015, but I had a 97 TJ back in 1998 as well. Oh, you don't have uh, it currently? No, I still have uh, the 97 TJ. I, this is my second 97 TJ. Oh, I got So you. I got the second one because I missed the first one. I had the first one uh, through high school and part of college, and then uh, got rid of it. And then, um, and you know, you grow up, got married. Uh, you know, had my wife had jeeps when she grew up. Uh, her, our family has jeeps in our family. We've got uh, my my brother, my nephew, my father in law. They all have jeeps. And then uh, in 2015, decided, you know what? I need to go back and get a jeep. I need to show my kids how to work on vehicles how to how to you know work on the engines do different things and and the jeep was the first thing that came to mind because the 97 engine is such a simple engine mm -hmm. yeah and there's generally a lot of room uh to get in there and then poke around so um the, the, now the the 2018 uh jlu the the new jeep uh how do you compare the the tj tj to the jl what, what do you what do you see the differences in uh between those two well, there's pros and cons for each. So my check engine light comes on a lot more with my 97 TJ. <laughs> of course it does. <laughs> my, my, my 97 is standard and my Rubicon is automatic. So those are big differences. Uh, with kids, the 97, the kids love driving around with the top off. In fact, I have not put the top on since I purchased in 2015 the 97 TJ. And there was two years where I drove it every single month of the year, including November, December, January, uh, which in <laughs> Texas, it's pretty, pretty cold. So you just, you know, bundle up and, and get going. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, you know, the, the Rubicon, the 18 Rubicon, it's a new style, right? The JLU and uh, it rides real smooth and for doing long family trips it, it was the right kind of thing to do. And knowing that with this, with our app that I'd be doing a lot more traveling for shows, I wanted to have something that uh, would travel a lot easier than uh, just towing my 97. Oh yeah. And you can't show up there in a Ford pickup or anything, right? You have to, you have to be <laughs> right. in a Jeep no. if it's a Jeeper app. Have to be in the Jeep. That's correct. <laughs> so uh, now the, the most important question you'll ever answer is what color was the, or is the 97 DJ? It's the, uh, the the dark green. That's a I'm sorry, Justin. That was the wrong answer. The right answer, of course, is was red. Red. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I knew that's uh, what you meant. It never gets so, old, does it, people? <laughs> but but my first '97 TJ back when I had it in 1998 was red. You've saved yourself, Justin. You've saved yourself because that was the best one. That was the first one. The one you should never have sold. 
Well, uh, that sounds wonderful. Now let's talk about uh, the the Jeeper app, uh, J E P R again. And this is what I was going to ask you about. That's got to be a, uh, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but the, I'm thinking that's got to be a difficult uh, hurdle getting people to uh, find it if it's not spelled J E E P E R. So uh, have you have you run across that? Have people said I had a hard time finding your app because I was I uh, was misspelling it and. Why in the world would you call it J-E-P-R? And, and I think everybody realizes uh, that uh, it's hard, it's difficult to use the Jeep name and uh, not uh, have uh, uh, FCA or, or back whenever uh, a few years ago, Chrysler, uh, come after you for uh, copyright infringement. So I would assume that's that was the reason why for the, the uh, spelling that's uh, different than J-E-P-E-R. Yes, that was the genesis. So uh, exactly as you, as you spoke about with the different lawsuits that were coming out back when we were... Uh, the inception of of the app itself. Uh, my first renderings of the app and the app name and the app logo actually had the two E's. Uh, it just, it, it lacked the E uh, before the R. So it was J-E-E-P-R, and that was the route I was going. But then after talking with several vendors and uh, the cease and desist letters they got from Jeep, trying to avoid that, it was actually my wife who came up with the spelling uh, so if you notice, there's, there's a, there's a Macron over the E, it's a, it's a straight line over the E and that's actually the symbol, the phonetic symbol for the long E, which sounds like Jeep is, is expressed. So, uh, that's what we utilize, but I will tell you, we have had people that are confused and I think, you know, being a new company, brand awareness, uh, is, is a big part of that. And I think as, as our brand becomes, uh, more of a known element out in the industry that there will be less confusion and people will have more of an understanding of that. But uh, one of uh, one of our good partners uh, that we work with in this industry, the Crawl Her Girls, um, when actually I first spoke with them and talked to them about the app, they indicated they saw the app and they thought it was a German company. <laughs> um, and I don't know that German actually spells things in that manner, but that that was their their thought process. Well, it's perception. Well, it's, it's, it's whatever the public's yeah. perception of it is that's important in this, and so it's great to have feedback like that. Absolutely, and and you know we are a U.S. based company, like you mentioned, born and raised in or not born, but raised in Texas, and and and, and still live out of there. So, uh, yeah, so it, there is there is some confusion there sometimes, but. If you are on the App Store, there are not a lot of mobile apps that are mobile marketplaces for Jeeps. And that was a problem that we were trying to solve. That's 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 why uh, I had the idea to come up with that. It actually spawned from uh, having challenges with my 97TJ. So what is the app all about? So the app is the easiest way to describe it. And and I, I'm sure I could get a cease and desist letter for for expressing that's, it. This that's what I was thinking. <laughs> is, is is it's it's like a Craigslist for Jeeps. Um, so everyone's used Craigslist, uh, OfferUp, LetGo, Facebook Marketplace. Those are all synonyms for what the app does. It is a place where you can go and take anything that you have to sell uh, or something that you want to buy that is Jeep related. That could be a Jeep vehicle or a Jeep part. And you can post it on the app and you put your price and we connect you with the person who's trying to purchase that or the purchase person who's trying to sell that item. And so it's really just a connection point. And it's anything Jeep related, off-road related, that type of thing. 
Jeep related more spe more specifically, um, we notice that when you start to expand out a little bit beyond the just even the brand Jeep, that you start getting a lot of people throwing up their their hands. Um, so again, the init initial inception, uh, the, the idea is this is something that can be utilized wor worldwide. And Jeep is a major brand in a lot of countries. But there are some countries that Jeep does not uh, sell in. Uh, so if you're familiar with the Mahindra Jeep, uh, it is it is the same. You know, they they license the the uh, the Jeep model uh, from Jeep in order to produce a Jeep, a Mahindra Jeep. And so it looks just like uh, an older Jeep uh, that's out there in the marketplace. And uh, so, so there's there's things like that out there, and then you have other brands that are off off you know offshoots from that, um, not from Mahindra, but uh, things that are more Jeep like. I say Jeep like in a very loose term. Uh, that uh, we initially thought maybe 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 those individuals would like to use it, but we found that that that's not the case, and so we started to refine it back to just purely the Jeep market. Now, how, when you say refine it, how do you how do you control what people put up? Do you do, does somebody actually go through there and and make sure that what's being put up is uh, true Jeep related stuff? Um, and you may have run across this in what you were just talking about, but there's countries that they have a type of vehicle called Jeep, and it's not it's not initially the the Jeep brand name. It's not actually a uh, something built by Jeep. It's a, something that is an over uh, uh, off road overland type vehicle. And they their their vehicle type is called Jeep. So I could I could see that would be confusing in, in other countries as well. Yeah. So we still like I mentioned we still allow the Mahindra, right? It is a a, a Jeep a type of product. Um, I think where I was going more of what where we where we've limited it, uh, and and you know hopefully I don't get crucified for the commentary, but <laughs> um, <laughs> things that look. And, and feel like you talked about from an off-road standpoint, more similar to a Jeep, you know, have removable tops and, uh, you know, items like that, uh, that have been in, in this American marketplace. Um, uh, you know, some people still call those Jeeps and then they weren't diehard Jeep fanatics. And those are the ones that we've kind of limited, uh, from it. And if you talk about, you know, does someone go in and make sure that all the items are Jeep related, uh, yes, we do have, uh, it's, it's usually either me or my wife. Um, this, this is still considered a small business. It's me and my wife who run the entire app. Uh, and so we do go into it. And if we see something that's uh, inappropriate or not aligned or has nothing to do with any kind of vehicles that's trying to be posted on there, we do reach out. Anything that's violated any of our, our uh, policies. So, uh, do you got any plans for like a, a Jeeper personals, the way Craigslist had, you know, with getting Jeepers together, so to speak? <laughs> no, no. But there are other things you can do on the Jeeper app. So, you know, the genesis and the, and the primary function and functionality and, and use intended for the Jeeper app is to buy, sell, and trade uh, used parts uh, or Jeeps. The ancillary app, uh, aspects of the uh of the app that you can do uh we've added a club section so one of the things i saw a lot while on facebook and you know getting you know, when you're in that jeep world and you're a new jeeper you go and you want to try to know like who like what jeep clubs are around me in some marketplaces you might not know oh that's Dallas, a good idea there's yeah. like 
20 or more just in Dallas or the DFW area mm-hmm. uh, of, of Texas. And so uh, we added a section for clubs. And so clubs can freely add uh, their club into the app. It doesn't cost anything to add that club in there. And they can put their website, phone number, email, Instagram, uh, Facebook page, Twitter page, uh, if they have Pinterest, whatever it is that they need in a description so somebody can search and find them. And you can easily search by your state um, or anything to that or, or a keyword search or whatever it is that you need to do to try to find uh, a Jeep club that fits you. And right now, I think there's a little, close to 400 Jeep clubs that are listed on our app today. And then uh, on top of the Jeep club section, we recently added repair shops. Now, this is a new feature and we're still enhancing it and improving it. But uh, it's, it's a similar nature as the, as the Jeep club. But uh, you can recommend a, Jeep, uh, a, a repair shop, an off-road or Jeep repair shop to be listed on there. And we're uh, going to be adding a recommendations feature where you can give it a thumbs up or thumbs down for that particular repair shop. And so for individuals in a particular area, if they want to know somewhere they needed to go to get something fixed, they can just do a distance search from wherever they're currently located, or they can search by keyword or whatever it is that they need to do. And they can find a place that fits them and they can see, hey, I've got, uh, you know, this repair shop that's, you know, five miles from me and it's got 50 uh, thumbs up and no thumbs down. This other one that's only got, you know, two thumbs up and two thumbs down. I'm going to go with the guy that's got 50 and hopefully drive more business for that repair shop. And then uh, finally, we added a, uh, a video section uh, where, you know, anyone, any clubs, uh, any users can uh, share videos with us and we'll connect it into our YouTube uh, page. And they're able to go in there and uh, watch any Jeep related videos. Um, what's on there right now, I've categorized uh, videos across YouTube into sections. And so if you want to look at uh, easy modifications, how-to videos, uh, Jeep events, or uh, you know, off-roading uh, or, or trail riding adventures from Jeepers, you can actually go in there and, and click on it. And it's, you know, it's not something that's my my YouTube video. It's It links you into the page of whoever's videos in that uh, playlist. So you guys have your own YouTube channel? Is that? We do, but we just do it to catalog from a playlist standpoint. It oh, makes it okay. So that people can see and easily find Jeep related videos. And, and we go ahead and find those for them and we, and we categorize them into those categories I mentioned before. Uh-huh. And can you, do you have to watch them through the, the app? No, when you click on the videos page, it actually takes you to the YouTube page. Oh, okay, I see. So the only way people can, uh, you know, Craigslist, you can actually go to a, like a desk, uh, through a desktop browser and, and browse their stuff which is my, my much uh, preferred way of computing. I don't, my only computer isn't my phone. And in fact, the phone has got to be the worst thing that you can use. It's great when you're out running around, but if you're sitting down at home or, or even at work, you got a nice uh, big screen in front of you. Uh, I, I like using that. Now, do you guys have a, like a desktop or a tablet? Uh, well, I guess the tablet is taken care of through the app, but do you guys have like a desktop uh, a browser type? Uh, web page that people can go to or is this only uh, an app that you run on your phone or tablet 
Uh, right now, it's only that you run on your phone or tablet, but we are creating a version on the on the desktop. Okay, so that's that's in the works. That's correct. The intention of the app, and if you think about going and listing something for sale, and the reason why we started with the app is because you're you're for in today's world, most people are taking photos with their phone. Oh, absolutely. Right. And so, if you're going to take a photo with your phone, that that image is in your phone. If you're going to go and list something on a web page, you've got to now take it from your phone, either email it to yourself, connect your phone to the computer, move over the file, then load it in, and it, and it really convolutes the process, no, which I, is one of the things that goes on with Craigslist. Yeah, no, I, so, think, I think that's great. And, and also, too, that the, the other way of doing it, or the way that, that I would do it is I would use the app to, to put up the post. And then when I was sitting there goofing around at work, I, I could go to the web page and just pull that stuff up and cruise through it. So it makes perfect sense. Um, but I'd recommend putting a boss key on that uh, on your web page. A boss key? What's the boss you don't key? know what a boss key is? A boss I key. Don't. A boss key is a key that you a special key that you you have or assign so that when the boss work uh, walks up, it switches over to uh, like a spreadsheet or or something it makes you look like you're working. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> You guys, I knew this you guys had sort of you guys hadn't heard of this. This is no, this is a thing. It's just a thing. It was like for gaming way back when gaming first started on computers. They would put a boss key in there so you could be playing on the game, and you hit that boss key when the boss was work, walking up, and it would pause the game and and put a spreadsheet up or something. <laughs> that is so funny. I will we will look to see what it would take to do that. One of the first things I want to do is I want to make sure I thank all of the users that are currently on our app. I know several of them listen to your show. And so for those that are listening to your show today um, or here in the near future, I wanted to make sure to say thank you for all of those users. Uh, and on top of all that, you know, I, and uh, we do have a discount that we have the opportunity Ooh, to, pro- to provide to you guys. Yes, goodies. So because I'm an app, I don't have a physical product. I, I go out and sell and you know, when you go to a raffle, people have, you know, things they put into a raffle to where they can share. But because I'm so uh, uh, out of the norm for this industry, mm-hmm. where there are so many different products, and because of the products, there's a lot of competition, and you've got a lot of different, uh, you know, people that make different items out there, I have the opportunity to be able to uh, engage, interact, and partner with a number of different great companies out there. Um, and so I do have some giveaways I'm going to do. Um, and I'll, I'll talk about those, or the discounts that I'll be able to give. Um, and I'll talk about those in a minute. Um, but I also wanted to share a little bit about what I'm doing right now. And that kind of ties into uh, the discounts that I'm able to provide. So right now, we're actually at Great Smoky Mountain Jeep Invasion. So I know, again, a number of your users are here. Um, I've actually already seen people with some of the stickers. Oh, that's great. Oh, yay. Exciting. Yes. So that's fantastic, right? It is. So it's Grace wonderful. Mo- yes, it is wonderful. I, they travel so far just, you know, with those stickers. So that's that's fantastic. You're, you know, this show and and, and your brand is getting out there and, and, and travels pretty far, which is, uh, you know, a good reach, which is great. That's great. Tell us more uh, about the, about how well the Jeep talk show is doing. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's, that's why y'all brought me on, right? That's what I'm talking about. That's right. No. So, 
So great talking about Jupiter Vegas. So this is our second year here. Uh, we had a lot of fun last year at it and uh, decided to come back. And uh, this year we are actually uh, in, uh, uh, I think, the largest booth that they have right now. We're like close to 100 feet um, uh, of a booth that we are in with uh, JTOPS USA. Uh, they make several different products. Their primary, I think their, their launch pad product that they uh, – used was uh jeep shade and uh and they make a whole bunch of other items as well um jpegs uh which is one of the new uh more more innovative uh mirror and foot peg uh combo uh items that you can put on your jeep when you're doorless uh vinyl customs uh is another company that that's all we're all sharing that same booth uh and then we work with several other companies that are already here as well, like the Crawl Her Girls um, or the Crawl Her Ladies that are uh, have a, a great clothing brand um, that I know a lot of uh, individuals use. Uh, Dirty Acre Grill Inserts, um, it's a veteran-owned, U.S.-made uh, uh, company. We've had those uh, guys on, great guests, great product. Yeah, so we, we get the opportunity to really – get to interact and meet all of these great companies and the people behind them. Uh, and, and, you know, we try to focus a lot on U.S.-based companies, uh, companies that are, uh, you know, individuals, entrepreneurs, small business uh, members that really build out uh, some great products. Um, and then we also work with some larger companies that have bigger products and are more well-known like BF Goodrich and Metal Cloak, uh, Toxic Off-Road Wheels, um, et cetera. So we, we have a, a lot of great things that we get to do. And, and so through those, that partnership and through the, that engagement with those guys, um, they, they, they give me opportunity to share discounts that I can provide out to uh, individuals to utilize. Um, and so I'm going to give a discount that actually goes towards two different companies. Um, it's the same discount code. Um, it shares, it gives 10% off their product. Uh, and uh, it's uh, it, it right now the the two that we'll be given for this the show is for JTOPS USA any of the products on their website uh, I, you know sunshade uh, turno covers um, uh, and, and many more items and then uh, uh, Dirty Acres Grill Inserts um, which they're DirtyAcres.com JTOPS is uh, JTOPSUSA.com and uh, if you enter in the code Jeeper app 10. So it's J E P R A P P 10. You get 10% off uh, whatever it is that you purchase. Yeah. Let's point and out so, that's a, that's a one and a zero for the 10. So uh, J E P R uh, just like the app that we've been talking about app uh, or A P P and then the, the number is one and zero. So uh, Jeeper app one zero Jeeper app 10. There we go. Correct. And if you just enter that in the discount section, whenever you're checking out, uh, they can save 10% off. Uh, uh, thankful for the, the companies for allowing me to share that with you guys. Absolutely. And, uh, hopefully, hopefully the listeners uh, enjoy the products. And they we, don't already have them. Yeah, uh, and we really appreciate that. I'm sure they, uh, there, there's people out there that don't have them, uh, have it from everybody. So and, and they have more than one product. So uh, I think this is a great thing to do, and we really appreciate it through you and these, uh, these companies that you're working with. Now, Tammy, I want to point something out to you. Uh, I actually have met, I met Justin at the Lone Star Jeep Invasion, one of the first uh, invasions that's actually happened here close to, to Houston, where I was able to 45-minute drive from my house. 
And uh, I spoke with Justin on a, a couple of occasions uh, out there in the booth and then when he was out uh, vandalizing vehicles in the parking lot. And <laughs> <laughs> he was actually sticking little magnetic uh, uh, stickers on the, uh, the vehicles like business cards for, for the app. And uh, he still agreed to come on the show. That's my point is that I've met him in person. And he still agreed to come on the show. So I'm not all that bad in person, Danny. Oh, well, we'll have to see about that. No, <laughs> <laughs> no we had a great conversation. We got to talk about the love for some of the older vehicles that uh, were out there, or some of the older Jeeps. Uh, I think that's that's probably the biggest thing. I actually had a conversation about that today. Uh, there's a lot of new, new, new vehicles out there and new Jeeps, and they come with luxuries. But for whatever reason, my eye goes back to a lot of the older, uh, older style vehicles. Um, and my wife... My wife shares that same passion. Uh, she keeps wanting me to get her a, a, a Wagoneer uh, yeah. or a Scrambler. She she tossles back and forth between multiple things. Yeah, and and the, so, those were really cool. The, the Scrambler definitely fit the uh, the ugly Jeep uh, uh, motto, or uh, it's it's really ugly, it's cute type thing. So <laughs> I don't yeah. I don't blame her there. Hey, maybe next time uh, if you if you get one of those older Jeeps, you can not only be at the Lone Star Jeep Invasion uh, next year, but you could also have a, a vehicle in there, an older vehicle all uh, set up for to be judged. Yeah, they have some great ones that were there. I think yeah, they they I think there was a Wagoneer that won. Yeah, I think so. Uh, a, a white, uh, big white. Uh, I think it was on forty fours. It was uh, it was really pretty. Well, Justin, I, I was. I'm- I was just going to say, I get to meet a Wagoneer here in a, a little under a month. The guy I'm wheeling with across the country is in a 1980 Wagoneer, so that'll be fun. And yeah, there'll be lots of stops along the way, Tammy, I can promise you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Justin, I certainly appreciate you being here tonight. Uh, tell the kids how they can uh, find you on social media, you, your company, or both. Absolutely. So uh, the easiest way, so most everybody's on Facebook or Instagram, uh, our, our call sign is, is Jeeper app. It's, uh, for every, if you're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, if you just search Jeeper app, J E P R A P P, you will find us and hopefully you follow. Uh, I do a lot of, uh, posts surrounding uh, everything related to Jeep. And we do a lot of, uh, featuring of, of the different users. They send us their pictures all the time of their Jeeps. And so we love posting and, and being able to see those. And, as we travel around the country for different shows, or locally in uh, the the Texas area, uh, we typically find a lot of uh, unique looking dupes that we love to see, and we post those as well. That's great. So uh, that's wonderful. And and again, guys, just go to your phone, uh, go to your store, whether it be the uh, the Apple Store or the Google Store, and look for J E P R, just J E P R, and you will be able to download. Uh, a great little app that will uh, basically it's the the Craigslist of Jeep stuff and uh, and I think that if you if you uh, 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 pester Justin enough they, they can put a personals ad on there so that you can you know put your naked <laughs> body next to your Jeep on there to uh, uh, yeah. attract oh. other Jeepers it's it's kind of like what happens I understand and, and Tammy you could probably attest to this uh, what happens in uh, uh, Facebook direct messaging. <laughs> from some of the complaints yeah. I've seen from women <laughs> for not me personally, but the stuff that they post about hilarious. Yeah. Stuff. T- Tammy, Tony's been sending me a bunch of pics and I keep on refusing to post them on the app. In, in my defense, in my <laughs> defense, <laughs> it's just pictures of the great uh, president, Richard Nixon, uh, tricky Dick uh, photos <laughs> is what I call it. No, uh, no, thank God. <laughs> all right, Justin, yeah. have a great night. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Guys. Thanks, Justin.
Now, I've got to thank Justin Wren, really, for creating one of the coolest Jeep apps there is. Jeeper. I mean, way better than, uh, you know, Grinder. Anyways, uh, <laughs> don't ask me how I know. No, no, yeah. And for coming on the show to talk about the app. And all for, uh, for all of our app users out there, don't forget to listen to the bonus audio from this interview exclusive to our app users. Justin tells us a couple really cool stories, and it fits perfectly with the rest of the interview. So if you don't have the Jeep app, uh, the Jeep Talk Show app, well, you're going to miss out on that really cool story or the both those really cool stories. Uh, and well, now you gotta go get, go get it. It's free. You have it for Android and Apple devices. So go check it out. And don't forget, if you have an idea for a guest or if you work in the off-road industry, we want to hear from you. Everybody's got a Jeep story to tell or maybe even has an idea for a guest. And we want to hear what you have to say. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now and share your idea for our next great guest. Oh, and great news. I got to go uh, wheeling with this gentleman out in California. Uh, we're going to have uh, Motorsport Senior Manager Paul Joe from Nexon Tire uh, next week. So if you guys were uh, curious about uh, some of the things I learned about uh, the, the Nexon uh, Tire, specifically the Rodian MTX uh, and why I'm sold on them, uh, come listen to us next week and listen to uh, uh, us talk to Paul and uh, quiz him incessantly about uh, them uh, entering the off-road world with their Nexon Rodian MTX tires. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And I uh, hate to always come down on Josh, but... Uh, oh, it's all right. Last week, Josh, you said this. Hey, I'm Josh. I just flew back from the Midwest, and boy, are my arms tired. And I, I got to tell you, come on, man. Leave the funny stuff to us professionals. That's just, that's just sad. But that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling today to tell you that, uh, yeah, I tried to have a conversation with Wendy while she was applying a mud mask. Yeah, you should have seen the filthy look she gave me. All right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later. You have a good one. Bye. I'm laughing. And I've already heard it once because I was editing it for the show. (laughs) Good times. That's how good good that is. (laughs) Okay, class, it's time for a review. Let's check it out. Check it out. It's time for Jeep Mama's product review. Yeah, what is it and why do I want it? So a couple of weeks back, I shared that I was going to go through my, my build and like update you on how I feel about everything um, that I've put on my Jeep, um, how I feel about my decision years later. And, you know, I've never truly um, reviewed this product, um, most likely because I really don't have anything to compare it with. It's my um, lift kit that I got. It's the JK Wrangler true dual rate lift kit it's a 3.5 um it's the rock sport edition it's a metal cloak lift um and i'm just comparing it to how i feel about it now i've never had a lift kit before this is the only lift kit i've ever run um so i'm just comparing it to how it was when i first started to now and how it's held up and it's the, like I said, it's the true dual rate lift kit, Rock Sports Edition. And it features the Rock Sport shock absorbers um, with the true dual rate coils for the front and rear 
providing a more stable ride throughout suspension travel over the traditional single rate um, progressive coils. It has adjustable height bump stops for the, re the front and rear, front track bar, rear track bar relocation bracket, um, the Kevlar brake lines, which are longer than most normal brake lines for lifts of this size, shock offset brackets for clearance while articulating, um, extended sway bar links for both the front and rear of your Jeep. Um, it's made with DuPont Kevlar fiber. Um, the first suspension components manufactured with this Kevlar for the industry leading durability. Um, and the Rock Sport shocks are a standard shock option um, for this. Um, also note that exhaust, JK Wranglers require exhaust spacers for clearance in the front drive shaft. And they recommend you have your suspension aligned once your Jeep is installed with this. Now, is that only the 2012s or? Oh, the 2012 Plus or older Wranglers. Okay, so anything 2012 or, or, yeah. or newer. Yes, sorry about that. Um, and they don't, they recommend you do not powder coat your true rate coils. So no purple powder coat for me. <laughs> um, so, you know, I have felt, and like I said, I have nothing to compare this to, and I've had no issues with anything. Um, I have an easy time wheeling um, on the rocks. Um, it, I know when I'm out there flexing and being off camber, people are like, I've heard comments, you can hear them in some of my videos, like, oh my God, look at, you know, look at her flex. I will say, but this is with any lift you do, you really seriously need to think about changing those, um, the front drive shaft out for sure, because the, the stock drive shaft is not meant to last a long time once your vehicle has been lifted. But I've had no problem with this. And actually, I like the, the material they use in the lift because it's not rusting. It's a, um, and I actually, is it chromoly? Mm -hmm. that they use for this i think and um that's one thing i think when you get a lift kit is to you know know your area where you live in and know um know the material of the lift kit um so josh and tony i had a question for you i was a newbie purchasing this and i trusted um the person who picked the lift kit out for me but if you're a newbie jeeper how do you even know where to begin and how to what to look for to get a good lift kit? Research, I would guess, Josh. Yeah, uh, really, it's going to come down to a, doing a lot of homework, a lot of research. You're going to be spending a lot of time Googling uh, and a lot of time reading. Yeah, there's going to be some forum searching. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of, you know, glad handing from, um, you know, manufacturers saying their stuff is better than everybody else's. Um and you start taking some notes, you know, who, you know, what is this person or what is this manufacturer using? Um, you know, what, what kind of um, longevity does this have? You know, you're going to have to start turning uh, to the clubs and the forums and, and getting the personal experiences from these people. Uh, you might hear that, you know, well, this lift kit only lasts about a year before I had to rebuild this or, you know, this broke my first time out or I couldn't get this to fit. And you know, suddenly there's 15 stories about people couldn't get this to fit in their Jeep. And even though it was specifically made for that, you know, there's all these stories out there that can 
other people's experience can start steering your ship towards one direction or another. And eventually, through some research, you're going to find the kinds of things that you're looking for, the kinds of things that you want out of a lift kit and, and that sort of stuff. And I will say that you definitely get what you pay for. Um, and you're going to be looking for the most complete lift kit that you can. Does that mean uh, the one that has the most pieces? Well, maybe. It all really depends on your ride and the lift kit and your budget, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's just so many factors that go into selecting a lift kit. Uh, we could probably spend two or three episodes in it, in their entirety going over this. So let me ask you, Tammy, do you recall how much you spent for that lift kit? Um, well, with the lift kit Enough. and... Uh, and the tires, it was five thousand dollars for all of that to get, and labor. So, and labor. but I mean, so the, I think it was about. Well, I look. I checked the price today, and well, it's that's better. What, well, how much is yeah, it now? It, it was fifteen hundred dollars, but the five thousand dollars included my tires and wheels and labor. Yeah, see, that would have been uh, prohibitive uh, for me. Uh, my my Jeep yeah. would not be lifted, and um, uh, I, I I haven't had it off road a lot. So, you know, keep that in mind, but I went with something I could afford and that was rough country. And, uh, we've got the 2005, uh, Jeep Wrangler, the TJ, uh, we recently purchased and there's going to be a, a rough country, a lift kit going on it. Now it's not going to see off road. It's, it's just going to be lifted and it's going to be one of the small crawlers that you guys talk about, but it's, it's what my daughter wants. And I got her the Jeep and we're going to do the lift, but I can't see spending $1,500 even if I was uh, putting on a lift from uh, for the first time for my vehicle, uh, it, and I say that after spending almost three thousand dollars for an Atlas uh, transfer case, <laughs> so right, yeah. I, because if if I had if I could do it all over again, I would have bought the coils, I would have bought the leaf springs, and I would have bought everything else from uh, Iron Man Andy because it's just really tough stuff. I mean, because I can change out the coils really easy, and there's not that many companies that make coils. <laughs> and the same thing with leaf springs. So, uh, I mean, when you really look at a lift kit, I don't see $1,500 worth of stuff uh, that I'm paying for. And I think well, uh, man, a lot at, of it I'm paying for the name. You start looking at long-arm kits, and across the board – Long arm kits need to have certain things in order to make them a complete kit and regardless of the vehicle. And as you get into, you know, three and four link systems uh, and coil sprung vehicles front and rear, obviously kits can get very expensive very quickly when you're talking about long arms front and rear um, for something like a Wrangler or for like a ZJ or something like that. A lot of components. There are a lot of pieces to that kit. And for a kit of that nature, when we're talking about a long arm kit, maybe not somebody's first lift kit, but you know, definitely a more purpose built kit designed for a vehicle that is going to see um, some off road where lots of articulation is going to be needed, like rock crawling. Obviously, you're not going to put a long arm kit on a mall crawler. That's not. I mean, maybe some people will just because of the looks. You know, yeah. I don't know. But again, I mean, that, that, that it's a big budget for, you know, something like that. But again, you know, you're getting what you pay for. Is it going to perform like a $200 lift kit? Absolutely not. You know, is a $200 lift kit going to get you out on and onto the trails and, and experiencing the off-road? Absolutely. So, you know, you've said you, you, you get what you pay for. Do you have an example of, because you've had a lot more trail time than I've had. Have you had an example? Do you have an example of some somebody that was using a cheap lift kit and how it didn't perform as well as one that was, you know, $3,000? 
Well, absolutely. In fact, um, uh, one of my coworkers, 2003 uh, Wrangler X, um, got it pretty much bone stock. I think it had a budget boost on it, a little two-inch lift or something like that. Um, and he brought it to me and, uh, you know, okay, let's let's go ahead and, and go through this and we're going to do this thing. And we put a 44 in the rear, had that custom built. Um, he put on, I forgot what it was now. I want to say it wasn't Skyjacker. It was, um, oh, crap, Fabtech. Fabtech was the name of the uh, lift kit he put on there first, and it was a, I think, a two-inch, two-and-a-half-inch lift kit or something like that. Not a whole lot to it. Pretty simple lift kit. Um, put that on in, in a day. We went out a couple of times, and, and he was unhappy right off the bat. Um, he felt unstable in off-camber situations. Um, he wasn't getting the articulation that he wanted. Granted, it was only a two-and-a-half-inch lift kit, um, but it still, just he, it wasn't what he wanted. Um, eventually when he, it it took him kind of finding out the hard way. Um, and that it's kind of, kind of how some people end up having to do it because you really, if you've never been wheeling before, and this is something that you're going to want, that you want to get into and you start going down this road, you may find that the performance of the vehicle that you have, that you bought, that you have built this far is not kind of the image that you have in your head as far as how it performs off-road. Well, let me, let so me jump in here real quick. What did, yeah, he, what did he eventually go with? So he went with a metal cloak kit, and he spent, oh God, I think close to three grand for their Holy game cow. changer. Uh, it was like the four and a half oh, yeah. inch uh, Okay, so he went from a two like and a that. half inch to a four and a half inch lift, which is substantially different. It was, well, it was a substantially different kit altogether. He went from, you know, basically a mid-arm uh, length kit to a long-arm kit oh, well, with, you know, see, with progressive shocks. I mean, that's going to be I mean, better. The, the comp- the, well, the, the, yeah. The, 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 the comparison needs to be a cheap long-arm kit or even short-arm compared to a, a cheap, I mean, a, a expensive uh, short-arm kit. You know, what's the difference? That's my point is that I'd like to know what the difference between those two are because... I haven't had any problems with mine the few times I've had mine off-road. Uh, articulation's fine. Uh, I dropped a wheel off of a, a, an embankment that they told me about after I did it because <laughs> I was going around another Jeep. So, uh, you know, I, I'm always willing to learn, but I, I just don't see spending $3,000 for a lift kit. Uh, long, now, arms, long arms are different, of course. But, I mean, Andy, uh, I, I, the long arm kit I got from him was 1350 uh, mm-hmm. for, for the front on the, the XJ, which I have yeah. yet to put on. So I, I'm not sold on that you have to spend that kind of money. I mean, five grand, Tammy, and I'm glad you're happy with it, but I, I couldn't do that. I mean, I, I put that akin to people spending eight and $9,000 for an axle, which I would love yeah, to do, but still. That included wheels and tires, too, so... Still, I mean, and, that's five grand out of my... Yeah, that's five grand out of my pocket, though. Well, it wasn't out of my pocket, um... Somebody had to die for that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'll, I'll yeah. erase that, Tammy. We the won't. Jeep Talk Show, killing no. people to build their Jeeps. No. <laughs> it, it, it was... Um, oh. Inheritance. When somebody... Inheritance. Thank you, Josh. Gosh. Um, it was inheritance money, so it was <laughs> like found money. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Aunt Jill. Thank you, Aunt Jill. We love you. That's great. I mean, and I'm sure she's happy with all the, the fun that you're having, especially with all this adventure that you've, that you've gone into. Right. You know, it's going to work out, though, uh, as a great investment. So that there's, there's that side of it, too. 
Uh, well, yeah, speaking of investment, you talk about getting what you pay for. And so I've I've got Rough Country X-Series uh, control arms on my Jeep right now. And I'm going to be, and I don't know, they've been on there for three, four, five years, something like that. I'm going to have to be rebuilding those joints for the second time in that period of time. And keep in mind, my Jeep sat for almost three years um, out, out of that period of time in the garage, not doing anything at all. So... Compare that to like um, Johnny joints and compare those to like the Metal Cloak Duraflex joints. They all have completely different performance characteristics, longevity, and, um, you know, uh, how easily they are to be to, to rebuild and stuff like that. Um, when you start comparing numbers and longevity of stuff, I mean, brand for brand for brand, there's going to be differences across the board. So I, I'd love to hear from certain some, extent. I'd love to hear from from our listeners out there, people that have gone the uh, inexpensive route and then upgraded. And what what was the difference? What what was the difference that they saw? It may be exactly what you're saying that, that you have to put more time and effort into maintaining some of the, some of the cheaper stuff. But then then again. You know, if, if something costs uh, $600 and something costs $3,000, how much of, of your time and effort is worth saving that much money? Uh, that's this is what I go back to. So, But I'm cheap, so there you go. No, oh, I'm a cheap bastard, too. Hey, have an idea for a product review? Just visit our contact page and let us know what you'd like to hear on our next product review. And coming up in a few minutes, we're going to hear a little bit about some events that are happening in your hometown and around the nation in Wheeling Wear. Hey, guys. Yeah, I'm Jeeper. I just calling in to say, uh, you know, Jamie, I'm sorry that we're not going to be able to meet up uh, at the Wheeling event this weekend, but I fully understand that, you know, your Jeep adventure, you know, the, the draw to that, you know, even has me thinking. But, you know, I just want to call in and wish you the best of luck and uh, have a great trip. See you guys later. Yeah, I feel really, really bad about that. I was supposed to go to New Hampshire and Connecticut this weekend. Um, but I need to, first of all, fix my skid plate. And I just, I need to be really careful with my Jeep. Um, and the trails out there are, are, are pretty intense. And I, hopefully this spring I'll make it out there. Um, I know I'm wheeling at AOAA and women's wheeling, but those are just going to be strictly flat gravel roads. Um, so sorry guys, this spring though, I promise. Green check. Do you guys have any idea how much it cost me to drive this damn thing up here? I don't know how you got that Honda uh, off road. <laughs> Did you have to take out a small loan? Oh, I don't have the Honda anymore. And yes, Tammy, actually, I do have to take out a small loan, uh -huh. uh, get another daily driver. Um, eighth of a tank of gas each way to or from work, not including grocery store runs or any other errands I have to run. Each fill up oh, right. is somewhere between 45 and 55 bucks. Minimum of two fill ups each week. Minimum two fill ups each week. Well, do the math. I was told there would be no math, but here we go. 50 times 2 equals 100 times 4 weeks in a month, plus no less than $400 in gas per month just Holy to get crap. to work and back. So I think we have a perfect example of, of how to solve this issue. Uh, Neil was a gentleman that you're going to be uh, uh, traveling across country with. Uh, is that correct? Right. So yeah, Neil actually stuff. lives in his XJ. <laughs> yeah, you not, have the benefit no, of having a place to live. Six foot three. <laughs> so you can just put the seats down. 
So you can drive to the parking lot, and then and you also could probably capture the people that were stealing the wheels off your other Honda if you were sleeping in your XJ. So this is a win-win. You you, you just for the week you just stay there at the at the parking lot all week, and then you drive home on Friday, and it just cuts your your uh, gas bill down tremendously. Well, who's that guy over there in the corner who smells really bad? <laughs> Oh, that's Josh. Yeah, he lives here. <laughs> no, no. Literally, he lives here in the parking lot. <laughs> that's all you got to do, man. Uh, how long, you know? How long is it going to be? Uh, you put a can out there. Are you tired of seeing this Jeep here? <laughs> donate right. to this. <laughs> donate to the fun. Get Josh another Hondas. You're done well, with well, Hondas, though, aren't you? Yeah, no, I, I am. I've, I've, I've probably owned 30 vehicles in my life. Uh, I've, uh, I've, I've owned many Hondas, uh, more than I can count on one hand. And, uh, after my experience with my last two, I'm, I'm so effing done with Hondas. It's not even <laughs> funny. So yeah, I, um, I, I got screwed. Um, I, I had to, the accident I had, I've only got liability insurance on the car, so I got kind of screwed insurance-wise there. Um, uh, truck that ran me off the road took off. Uh, no chance on on getting the the driver there to to you know take responsibility. So I'm left holding the bag. Um, I'm not made of money. I just took a vacation, um, spent uh, my savings on that. So I'm I'm having to the force to be uh, basically taking a loan. Um, and, uh, the first loan, uh, they denied because I ele- electronically signed it. They said that uh, we don't accept electronically signed signatures for, uh, this type of loan for this type of an amount. So we need you to resubmit, sir. Uh, so I, um, resubmitted through fax this time, which apparently they didn't get. I emailed, <laughs> I emailed them. I was like, Hey, um, you know, where are we at with this? I emailed you this information, uh, here on this date at this time. Here is the electronic sense, uh, uh, report for that. Um, here you go. I'm waiting for your earliest possible convenience to let me know where we're at with this. It took them a week to get back to me. Um, to just to let me know that they never received the information that I had proof that I had sent. Um, so, and that they had since closed any, in all requests that I had active at the time. So I had to completely start the process all over again. We were just I am just so effing happy about that. Let me we were tell just, you. We were just kind of hoping you'd say, oh, well, this is too much trouble. Never mind. <laughs> oh God. It's my effing. Uh, yeah, anyways. No. Yeah. I, yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty funny. Uh, well, it's nice of you that you're actually uh, doing the loan thing and not just withdrawing it because you could have just pulled it out paid you know 25 percent uh uh tax on it and uh but still you know it's, it, that's a good way of doing it which the way you're doing it so yeah. st- stick with it it'll it'll pay off <sighs> paying the pump right now god oh i know how much is a gallon of gas up there uh we're in excess of three uh we're close to four uh i filled well, up about for four. 212 nine i uh, hate you wow yeah I, w- I filled up today at like 250 something yeah, it's going to be interesting uh, as you're driving across the country, all the price differences oh no, that exactly. you see. Oh, and then what I will be doing, Tony, and you will appreciate this. Somebody told me to do this, is I will Buy be charging. a gas can. <laughs> yeah, I will be. <laughs> Get in I the Jeep wrap, wrapped my, in red. No, I will be charting my MPGs. and my. Oh, very good. Uh, yes, I will track that. I, I'd be interested um, in knowing what, the, uh, what uh, Neil's vehicle is getting in MPGs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, and I forgot to tell you guys this. Another concert is um, concert <sighs> sponsor. It's getting late for me. Is Quantum Coat, 
And I, I shared this with you guys last week. Um, we really need to have them on to talk about this diamond loop stuff. It sounds so interesting. Sure. And Neil swears by it. Put It's expensive stuff. Well, you had and, Tony at loop, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so hopefully I'll be getting my package um, soon. And I'm going to be going to Adrenaline Off-Road this week. And we're going to be, Jeff and the twins are going to be sharing with me what a person needs to check before they go out on trips, especially big long trips, where everything is, what you need to be looking at, you know, your diff, your differentials. I'm going to be learning about my transfer case and checking that um, fluid and all that kind of stuff. And actually, I checked the Jeep maintenance um, book and at about 62,000 miles, I believe my Wrangler will need a, uh, a, changing of the the fluids in that so i'm at about forty nine thousand right now so we're going to check all that stuff i'll do a little video and, um, and it's almost time to get a new jeep tammy yeah i know <laughs> i'm all i'm I, I i don't think i could ever part with her but i'm almost paid her off i got probably a year and a couple months left so if i would have kept my sahara it would be paid off by now but or if, you have, or if you hadn't done the lift kit and all the other stuff, you uh, would have had it paid yeah, off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Less fun. <laughs> Woulda, coulda, shoulda, right? Uh, but the, yeah. yeah, it's just so much fun. Uh, more fun li- driving a lifted Jeep. Oh yeah, totally, totally a game changer. But I will say, it paid off to take my time learning to pick my lines, learning what my Jeep is capable of. I wouldn't change the way I did it for sure. Yeah, well, I'm glad you went with a Rubicon instead of a Sahara because I think you would have. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you you definitely uh, having the the lockers is is a big advantage uh, to getting you out of trouble, getting you into trouble too. But uh, I think yeah. it's more so getting out than uh, than getting in. Of course, that's all part of the experience, right? So as I mentioned, uh, they got a, the the 2005 uh, TJ with uh, about 99,000 miles on it, and uh, I've been uh, been going through it and. Uh, it's just amazing some of the stuff that you find. Who in the world? And this, we had the same problem on uh, Mandy's uh, uh, 2001 Jeep. Who in the world thinks it's okay to have a loose battery in a Jeep? Oh, because both the batteries were not tied down, and I had to get tie down stuff from Amazon uh, to, to to actually uh, uh, you know get the the batteries so that they would uh, not move around. And mm-hmm. and I don't know if if, if you recall this, uh, Josh, uh, the TJs. They put the positive battery a half inch away from the bottom. Oh, yeah. From oh, the yeah. Fender. No, it's right there. <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. Just if you're not paying attention, you're rolling. It. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm sitting there and I'm moving around. I'm moving the battery. I'm like, son of a bitch. Why, 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 anybody, why does anybody think this is okay? Uh, I guess they don't know about electronics and about uh, the ground uh, being a chassis ground. And uh, I don't know. Anyway, it's tied down. And this one was actually. Uh, uh, the little bracket that uh, uh, clamps the battery at the bottom, so it wasn't one of those over the top. Which I would have preferred something that went o- over the top of the battery. And I can always buy some straps and stuff to put on that. But this shouldn't be an off-road Jeep, so it, it should be fine. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I found that. I also found that there's uh, quite a bit of damage to the uh, air conditioner condenser uh, on the front. Looks like somebody had uh, uh, soldered it up, you know, to, so it wouldn't uh-huh. leak. And uh, seventy-five bucks, I can get another one of those, and uh, shouldn't be a big deal to to put in and uh, pull down the vacuum and recharge the system. 
Um, now, for uh, Tony, for for uh, maybe some listeners who are somewhat new to the show, um, they may not know that this is now your what fourth Jeep in the family. Uh, let's see. Well, Mandy bought one, so technically that's hers. But yeah, that's uh, that's a Jeep that gets parked here, and uh, I got this one for my older daughter. Uh, but she's been driving the '99 XJ. Uh, but as you know, the the heating, uh, the cooling issues that the XJ has. Uh, I just decided that instead of me having to put all this time and effort into the the XJ and get it where it would be uh, a, a very reliable vehicle over distance, screw it. I'm just going to get a TJ that has a better uh, cooling design, a larger radiator with a fan in front of it, I'm behind it, and uh, just generally doesn't have uh, engine cooling issues. So, so we're going to part the 99 with the, go away. It's, I was going to say the 99 is uh, is is going to be uh, parting uh, uh, from our ownership. Oh, yeah. Well, there's there you know, there's no reason to pay insurance on something that uh, yeah. isn't going to be dri- driven that much. But uh, so yeah, we've got the 99 uh, XJ, the 98 98 XJ, the 2003 TJ, the 2005 TJ, and a 2001 uh, TJ. So uh, the '99 will go away. So yeah, but it'll be four four Jeeps. That's that'll be every uh, everybody here at the house will have a Jeep. Like you worse than a Jensen. <laughs> Remember that guy? Oh yeah, <laughs> like thirteen Jeeps or something. Like yeah. good lord, uh, you got to respect a person that uh, knows oh, what yeah, they want. No. Absolutely. So yeah, fun with that, and uh, I still got things, uh, lots of things going on with my Jeep, but it's just so incredibly hot uh, uh, right now. I mean. 9700 degrees and uh oh it's just it's brutal i mean it's so hot i've been having a hard time getting out there to fix my ac on my jeep so how hot is it that's very hot (laughs) hey do you want to join in on the campfire side chat we'd love to have you pull up a chair crack an adult beverage and join in on the fun just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out all the ways you can reach out to us and well have some fun Now let's get to some events from around the world and maybe even in your neck of the woods. And don't forget to let us know about an event that you are planning or are involved in. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Click and fill out our wheeling wear form. I actually got one of those responses today, in fact, for an event happening here in the near future. Uh, uh, Coming up here, uh, September 7th through the 8th, we have um, the Auto World Museum presenting the 24th annual Fall Willys and Jeep Reunion and Swap Meet. From the pictures that I've seen and the reports that I've read about this, this looks like a great event. Very, uh, very fun, family-friendly event. Uh, this is happening in Fulton, Missouri, again, uh, September 7th and 8th. Happening September 18th and the 20th uh, is the Georgia Jeep Invasion event and fundraiser happening September 18th through the 20th at the Sunnyside ATV Paradise in Wren, Georgia. Uh, this is uh, raising funds for Mission 22 and American Warrior Garage. Great causes there. Of course, for more information, more events, and links, visit the JeepTalkShow.com website for this episode to get all the info you need. That's it for the show for this week, my fellow Jeeper. Until next week, be sure to follow us on Twitter, at JeepTalkShow. It's not as useless as it sounds. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. And with a mouthful of dried apricots and a chin dripping with freezer jam, she turns to me and asks, with all sincerity, where the rest of the sandwich went? Well, I just got up and left. It wasn't my picnic anyways, and I don't think those people knew who I was. Funny what happens when you find a random blanket to sit on in the middle of a park on a Sunday afternoon. Okay. Podcasting since 2010.
So, Tammy, as you're cr- traveling across the United States, it'll primarily be north, not so much the south. So, something you need to ask people, what's the difference between a good Yankee and a bad Yankee? Oh, Lord, I don't even want to ask you what. Lube. <laughs> 